and welcome to another evening of Frank Conversation here on Hard Copy, coming to you from our studios in Abuja. I'm Maupe Ogun Yusuf. This week, airlines operating the Nigeria-London route might have seen some unusual traffic as top candidates in the upcoming presidential elections in the country, as well as policymakers, made their way to the Royal Institute of International Affairs, better known as the Chatham House, to speak on their plans and beyond for the elections. The latest set of visits was set in motion when the candidate of the All Progressives Congress, Bola Ahmed Tinubu, gave a speech at the House late in December last year. This week, we've seen the candidate of the Labour Party, Mr. Peter Obi, and that of the New Nigeria People's Party, Mr. Rabiu Kwankwanso, visit the Institute to deliver speeches of their own. The chairman of the Independent National Electoral Commission was also not left out, as he also gave a speech there on Wednesday this week. Now, these speeches have been followed by the political elite back home in Nigeria. And for the political parties, it does seem that they believe this does some good to the profile of their candidate. But does it really? Or does it reinforce the hold former colonial masters have on the politics of their former colonies, despite handing over years ago. Ambassador Joe Keshe is a former top Nigerian diplomat here, and he helps us answer some of those questions tonight. Ambassador, welcome once again to Hard Copy. Thank you. Thank you for having me, and uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, and what a way we started the year with the visits of, you know, some of these candidates to Chatham House. I mean, it was one of the things that in a number of people we're looking forward to in the new year. I don't know if, uh, you know, how these visits, I don't know how well you followed the speeches, if they were of interest to you, but when you saw the, you know, the invitations and the visits by these top contenders for Nigeria's uh, number one position, uh, what came to you? Frankly, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you were indifferent about it? I, I was indifferent about it. I thought until last night, I thought it was uh, in the usual mood of campaigns. You know, you can take your campaign to anywhere, uh, you know, more because there's also a large segment, large population of Nigerians abroad in the diaspora who incidentally are playing critical roles in this uh, election. And if the Chatham House or any platform, they invite a candidate to, you know, to come and uh, speak to them, I think it's, um, uh, the candidate, you know, has an obligation if he wants to, to go and address them. Uh, but, you know, when you first called me, I was like, uh, what's in this business, you know, but, uh, because I've been away and uh, I spent quite a, a bit last night reading um, a lot on a number of platforms. And I was shocked at the current reaction, you know, of, uh, <laughs> of our leaders trooping to, you know, uh, to Chatham House. Mm -hmm. So I decided to pose a question, particularly on four or five platforms. And I said, look, can somebody help me here? You take my money, I grant you grants, I help you in a number of ways. You want my officials, I mean, you want my people to invest in your country. 
I'm helping your institutions, as I said. And now I say to you, you're going to change leaders in a few months' time. I need to know the new leaders. Can they come and talk? Let's get to know one another. And everybody says, no, 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 it's colonial mentality. And I said to my friends, you know, could somebody explain this to me, please? Could somebody help me understand this? This morning, I don't think I've got one response. Mm. All I got was from a senior colleague. Oh, it's not as simple as that. Another one said, oh, should we hand over the country back to, uh, to the colonialists of, of, uh, of the past? And I do not think so. So I just think, and the other thing that worries me, you know, when the presidential candidate of, um, of uh, the All Progressive Party went to Chatham House late December, the, 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 the conversation was different. The All Progressive Congress. Congress, yes. Mm -hmm. The conversation was different. It mm -hmm. was not that he went to Chatham House. It was that he performed poorly by distributing questions to his aides to, you know, to answer. But when Obi went uh, again, reading, of, uh, you know, the conversation changed again. That, ah, look, why should people be going to Chatham House and, and things like that? So in this country, we, we, we got to deal with, with all this unnecessary um, self-criticism about our relationship uh, you know, with the colonial past. The truth of the matter is that this thing, I think the whole question has been settled years ago when we got our independence. That does not mean that we, we strike, I mean, we, we just cut off complete relationship between us and the past. Check what other countries do. They've actually converted that uh, colonial experience to their own advantage that has helped them a lot. You know, you mentioned India, for example, when we started this conversation. And I gave you a couple of examples in, uh, from Kenya, you know. So I just think that, um, for me, I don't see what is colonial mentality about it. Because as I said, I, they, 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 some of the people who were at, at least, um, the British, former British ambassador, if you look at the video, asked the question, and he made an introduction. He says, I am representing a number of companies who want to invest or already working in Nigeria. I'm a consultant to them, meaning I'm here to understand how we will deal with Nigeria post the Buhari administration. That's uh, Ambassador Paul Alcright. You know, so it's being present at that place and a number of others means that they are representing British companies, mm -hmm. they are listening to Nigerian leaders, and they are going to advise mm. and make recommendations yeah, to... But you know, would they be, they're not going to vote in this no, election. No, 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 no. They are, listen, they are not going to vote. Mm -hmm. And here's the difference. They are preparing themselves for post-Buhari Nigeria. Mm -hmm. So they want to know the leaders they'll be dealing with. They want to know the people they'll be dealing with. They want to know the policies. You will enunciate when you become the president. Remember before his election, Obama went to Egypt, I believe, and addressed, spoke to the world from Egypt. Why did he do that? Again, he was exposing himself to the world and hoping that that would also reverberate or resonate at home. So these things have their own, uh, you know. And look, whether it is positive or negative, the fact that even we are debating it today mm -hmm. tells you that it resonates one way or the other at home. Well, there are those who argue that there are different fora for this sort of engagement. If you are going to engage with 
say, Nigerians in diaspora who could have influence on their own people at home, uh, that you would seek more indigenous gatherings within the UK uh, or, you know, in, in diaspora, oh, they, they, where listen, those people will have they've influence. Been, they've been doing that. I think all of them have been doing that. Yes, this is not the first time they are all going out, by the way. Indeed. You know, they've been yes, doing that. This, uh, the, uh, and I by the way, again, when you take that of the INEC uh, leadership, will anybody quarrel with that? Look, these guys are assisting you. Yes. So the INEC leader, uh, chairman, has an obligation to also give that assurance from London that, look, we are doing the best we can. So perhaps know. the INEC leader, the INEC national chairman, <laughs> people might understand, because as you, as you said, you know, they're receiving aid, they're mm. receiving institutional support, you know, awareness, etc. You know, there is some, colonial mentality. Uh, there is some support No, no, no that's there. not colonial mentality. But for the candidates, <laughs> there are huge questions. Uh, because yes. for some people, they think this is not, this is more about bragging rights for the candidate. Oh, we were invited by Chatham House. No, um, I, don't, I don't think that is fair. I, I don't think it's, that is fair to them. For many of us, for the candidates, from what I've seen, this is a serious business. Election mm. is a serious business. And anything they can do, you know, to gather votes, to, you know, ignite uh, people's interest and enthusiasm, I, I think, look, I was, I was reading a report last night of the, of the, of the thousands, you know, that, uh, that were the Peter B um, event, for example. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a plus for him because both in Nigeria and outside. Now, bear in mind that uh, for one reason or the other, some of these people may not have um, had the opportunity because either at the time they are campaigning, they are not being streamed live or whatever. And then here they are. They, I saw one uh, capture, I mean, one um, video. Somebody said, oh, in the bank, we had to stop working because we wanted to watch. I mean, so it resonates with the voters at home as well. So all I'm saying is, look, the leaders were invited. They accepted the invitation. Any platform in an election for you to reach out to the voters and to those who could help influence the votes should be utilized by politicians. And that's why I wanted to come in. That thing about influence the votes, do you think that this could invite external influence into our elections? What do you mean by external influence? Yes, there has always been external influence in Nigeria's election, for goodness sake. Let's stop pretending. Let's stop being hypocrites in this country. There has always been. In 2015, what happened? We were all hailing the visits of John Kerry to this country. Four times, John Kerry made a visit and was only visiting the APC leaders at that time. They glorified him. They welcomed it. They accepted it. So why are they all shouting colonial mentality? Are they the ones shouting colonial mentality? Yes, they're part of it. Even, uh, surprisingly, uh, PDP, and the people making noise uh, in PDP today, on, I mean, some of the PDP defend, um, spokesperson, I saw one yesterday. Do you think that wait, they... Wait, wait, wait. I yeah. saw one yesterday. 2015, it was in APC. <laughs> Do 2015, you, it was in APC. Do you think then, because we did hear, I think, the uh, chair of the Chatham House saying that he had extended an invitation to uh, former Vice President Atiku Abubakar. Do you think he's missing something then by not seizing this opportunity? No, he, he is not, look, he is not missing anything by going or by not going. And that's the, tr the truth of the matter. But he's just come back from Britain where he met uh, some British of officials and... 
a spokesperson, you know, uh, citing that as a, as a masterclass, not realizing that the British official, of, officials have actually met almost all the presidential candidates. It depends on who is gaining more publicity or which of these guys are publicizing it more in Nigeria, you know? Mm. Do you, uh, I don't know how much influence, I mean, because we have all of these meetings. Some people will say that these meetings are better served after a president has been elected. Um, because this, this is still a period of campaigns. And as we pointed out, these people have um, no voting powers, maybe apart from the influence, which a lot of Nigerians might be weary about uh, or weary of. Um, apart from that, you know, there are questions as to what exactly they'll stand to gain from, you know, honoring these invitations. Look, I think we have to accept first as a country that uh, despite our own internal contradiction, that the rest of the world, at least some parts of the world, are looking out into this country and they are watching to see what happens come 20, I mean, uh, this year's election. So there is, a, there is a considerable interest, outside interest in this election. Oh, by the way, I remember, I think it was uh, on uh, Shimon's uh, Politics, Politics today. today. Yeah. There was a gentleman from the U.S. Yes, that uh, was on on Politics today last night, I think, and he was explaining their interest in Nigeria's election, brilliantly, you know, presented. And that's what we need to understand in this country that we live in a global village, where what happens in one uh, country could also impact the rest. And this was exactly the point the man was making yesterday that they are hoping and contributing, talking of foreign influence, contributing to the, you know, to want to see Nigerian democracy succeed. Because if it succeeds, it becomes a stepping stone for them to do the same thing, you know, not just around West Africa, but, you know, around the, you know, the continent. And so this is their interest. So that shows you that there's a global interest in Nigeria's uh, coming election, and people are watching. Ambassador, let me take you up on this issue of interest and influence. Um, we saw in the last U.S. elections uh, the uh, concern about Russian influence on the elections, especially through social media, algorithms, um, you know, dimensions of Cambridge Analytica, etc., etc. I'm just wondering, where do we begin to draw the line between a healthy interest in our elections and an influence which could be undue and could sway you know, voters one way or another. I'm not too sure that we've got into that level where foreign interference in our election, you know, will be so visible, apart from either uh, foreign guest officials visiting during the election period and our leaders going out there to talk to, you know. But when you talk of foreign influence, you know, like the United States talks all the time about the influence of other countries in the continent, specifically China. And that's because of the fears that they think that by the, by, uh, by, by the huge uh, investment China is making in the region, in Nigeria and other elsewhere, that it could actually cause a reversal, a change of relationship in which um, uh, countries begin to be influenced to follow, for example, like what, what happened during the Cold War, where you have two camps. You either belong to the, um, 
to the west or you belong to the to yes. the east and both of course were fighting as much as they can to influence you know the world now that's not the same thing in an election like this when they just show interest peripherally interest and their interest is like the gentleman explained yesterday to ensure that democracy survives uh, in Nigeria to ensure that a free and fair election is conducted to ensure that there's a smooth transfer of, of power. Now, for them, when that happens, they could use Nigeria as a, as a footstep, as a platform to talk to other countries, or even get Nigeria to join in ensuring that, in terms of our foreign policy, we also make the survival of democracy, you know, around the region of, the, uh, of uh, Africa, as, as a principle that we have to also, you know, Preach as we as we go along. So there are two distinct, uh, you know, things between influencing and interest. For now, what we have completely is interest, and people are, you know. Are you sure we can go to bed with that? Because I mean, some people will say yes. There's, look, you know, genuine where, economic interest. No, no. Where are you? But could, do you think that we could get to a point where, like Brazil, we saw in the elections in Brazil, there were far right interests? Um, or interest of the far right um, in the politics of Brazil. Uh, do you think that we no, could no. get to Bear a mind, situation? The far right with domestic far right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. No, we, we could, depending on what happens as we, as we grow and as we develop. Yeah, again, depending on if we become that ideological about the... About the election. About the, no, not just about the election, about uh, the, um, uh, some of the uh, principles you know, if you just decide that you're going to be to the, extremely to the right or to the right, and people are not benefiting from that policy, there's going to be, you know, some uh, crisis. Or you're going to be completely to the left. Of course, the left doesn't even really exist today as much as, I think everybody has moved closely to the, the, to the middle, you know, and things like that. So, but in terms of Real interest, yes, people are interested in Nigeria's election, you know, particularly from Africa and, uh, you know, some other countries of interest to us. But in terms of influence, I'm not too sure that they have the capacity as of today to influence our election, except, of course, we do not know if they are contributing money. Mm -hmm you know, and uh, using other means to help particular candidates. Which is against campaign, our law. Which is against their law. But we have no evidence that anybody is doing that now beyond just inviting people to come and talk at Chatham mm. House. I'm wondering, because, uh, you know, there are those who have also argued that the equivalent of Chatham House will be our own National Institute of International Affairs. Um, and there have been questions as to uh, the institute's involvedness in our elections, are they really pulling their weight with regards to having the candidates and their uh, supporters, you know, give, um, you know, rigorous intellectual, uh, you know, conversations at the NIA? Look, the NIA, the NIIA, to the best of my knowledge, particularly under the current leadership, is doing its best. I, I think what we need to point out, again, I've seen this argument because um, in the conversation that's been going on, we also retired career ambassadors. By the way, the retired career ambassadors actually invited all the candidates to a debate, well, to a conversation, you know, and they were free to choose uh, any day they like to appear just to talk to Nigerians on foreign policy. But because they do, the leaders, the, the politi politicians, 
really do not have a clear knowledge of the nexus between domestic and, um, and uh, foreign policy. And they think it's irrelevant to waste their time talking about foreign policy. For them, when they get to, uh, to power, the Minister of Foreign Affairs is there, so they'll conduct foreign. But no, they, 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 they should realize that it's also important because there's a nexus. Some of the things they would do as president, you know, they'll find out when they get to power that they really need, they should have actually done it before they became a president and, and things like that. But look, the problem with some of these uh, institutions is that they are not getting enough support and backing from the government to make them very strong institutions. And, and that is where building strong institutions you know, again, comes in. We have to make our institutions very, very strong. And when they become strong, and they are able to compete with their counterparts abroad, I, I think that they will be as uh, famous and as uh, well-respected as uh, Chatham House. What fears do you think that those watching, from watching our elections from the outside, what fears could they exercise about our elections? I, I think it's just the fear of violence, uh, the fears of uh, not uh, having a smooth transition, and the acceptability of uh, you know of our election. But if our election is free and fair, which I hope it would be, and generally Nigerians accept the result, and I hope they will, I don't think that uh, the rest of the world has anything to worry about. Look, for me, that's the most important thing. I remember, I remember many years ago, at the end of the at the end of the, uh, the first election in Namibia, I went to see the opposition leader the morning the election the results were announced, and uh, and I said to him, um, uh, I hope you are happy, satisfied that things have gone very well. He said, Look, look, look. Um, Really, we have no problem here anymore because everybody in this country could see that you guys, he was talking about the United Nations and the, and the observers, you guys did a fantastic job. It was free. It was fair. We can't complain. So if the election turns out to be free, fair, Nigerians won't complain. And that's the honest truth. Mm. Um, as we wrap up, I don't know whether you, I mean, because initially when I asked you about Chatham House, you said you were indifferent. Um, it is interesting that, you know, a diplomat like yourself, a former diplomat, will say, you know, I was indifferent about it. Do you know um, if this was also the feeling amongst some of your colleagues, this feeling of indifference? I think initially they were, but somehow... Because I read our platform, I think they were, but somehow, suddenly, there's been not just the diplomats, mm -hmm. the whole country. And, and that's troubling for me because, um, as I said earlier, the first one that took place in December did not generate as much reaction as we are seeing starting from uh, Obi's uh, visit to the Chatham House. Why? I don't know. Well, Ambassador, we hope that you've been able to at least uh, shed some light on why you know, these uh, political candidates would have been seeking uh, to air their thoughts at uh, Chatham House. And maybe some Nigerians might gain a little more understanding 
um, as to the influence or let's say the interest that the international community have uh, in our elections. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us on Hard Candy. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks. Well, that's our program tonight. To let us know what effect did the speeches given at Chatham House this week have on you? Were you as indifferent as ambassador here? Our handles are on your screen. Thank you for watching. I'm Mark Welgwin Yusuf. Good night.